Welcome to the You Collective Pathmaker Podcast. Today we have Jean Donnelly. Jean, welcome to You Collective. Thanks for having me. So let's get right into it.、Uh, tell us what you're doing today、um, in all things fintech, and then、uh, we can talk some more. Okay, sure.、Uh, so today,、um, basically, I'm celebrating about four and a half years. Of、uh, running the、uh, fintech sandbox,、um, and what we do is we try to help、uh, startups get data、um, in order to build product. So、um, what, we have a network of over forty partners who will give access to data sets to the startups that we vet. And what we're really trying to do is help startups overcome that obstacle of data, because、uh, one of the things we realized is for early stage fintechs,、um, having data is critical in order to be able to build a product. But also, there are obstacles around cost and access、um, that can really prohibit getting the best technologies into financial services. So,、um, we came up with a model about four and a half years ago that said, "Hey, what if we figured out a way to get data providers to give access for free, as long as it's being used for development purposes, in order to kind of create this opportunity between data partners, startups, and institutions and investors to take a look at the new technologies that are emerging." And what have you learned through this four and a half years working with hundreds, if not thousands, of startups and <laughs> big companies trying to work with startups? Yeah, so I think you know some of the things I've learned is that、uh, definitely startup life is hard. <laughs> um, it's not nearly as sexy, I think, as some people like to think it would be.、Um, but you know, and also, I, I always view us as like a startup that helps other startups. I don't know if that's good or bad, but.、Um, One of the the things that I think you you really get to understand is、um, each entity kind of lives in their own universe, and connecting a startup to understand how data licensing works is is like you know one of the first paths that we kind of try to help to create and understand what that means, and how that's really kind of a critical aspect of building your product, and then connecting them with institutions. Uh, and what does that mean? And what do you have to be ready for when it comes to working with enterprises?、Um, all all three of these kind of constituents have、um, historically, you know, kind of led kind of led separate lives a little bit.、Um, and I think what's happened is over the past four and a half years, we've really moved from like you know we're going to disrupt to partnering, and、um, and I think people are trying to understand how each world works. Um, and how to kind of move closer together to kind of remove the friction between those different places. So I think it's been really interesting about learning what the friction was, and then really how that is changing today. That's really interesting, and、um, you obviously got this whole thing started、um, as the leader for the organization, running it day to day.、Um, what's it like to be a builder yourself? Doing this four and a half years ago, when you know fintech wasn't as big a buzzword as it is today. Yeah, I think、um, so. Four and a half years ago, I sometimes actually,、um, I won't say so on a regular basis. I go back to that first year in my head and say, "Oh, I wish I could capture the naivete that I had,"、mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm sure lots of people have when they're trying to run a, a startup or a small business. But of just being like looking at the opportunity ahead.、Um, And I and I think、um, you know really being a maker has been amazing. You know,、uh, I, prior to this, I had worked in a lot of corporate environments, but really being、uh, kind of on the outside and saying, "Well, let's try this. Let's see if this will work." 
and then reaching out to different people and having them say this, how it resonated with them in terms of helping startups or being a startup that could use data um, or uh, being an institution that kind of wanted to understand the startup world more and how a community can actually form around that um, has been really kind of fun. So I, I look at it as, yeah, we have this offering, we have the data side as a maker, but we also have this community that kind of you know, is required to really make um, the, the offering work. I don't yeah. think the offering would work without the community. And really, I think the community that you build, it's, it's now global. It's no longer just Boston. It's, you have startups all over the world applying. You have companies all over uh, the country trying to partner with startups. Um, so you mentioned uh, fintech, and we talk about fintech. So let's take a step back, maybe for our general audience. How, how would you describe fintech? Yeah. What is fintech? Um, <laughs> Yeah, what is fintech? Oh, that's a good point. Uh, so uh, that's actually funny because I had a friend come down from Maine when I first started, and um, and she was like, so fintech, is that like study of fish or something with fins? <laughs> Which I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, different worlds for sure. Um, so fintech, you know, refers to financial technology. Um, which, you know, to be fair, has been around for a long time since financial services really embraced technology, which has always been to the forefront of, of building financial services models. But I think what you look at is in the more recent times, fintech has referred to uh, companies who are kind of bringing newer technologies into the financial services marketplace. So a lot of times startups that focus on um, this sector are called fintechs. But I also know a lot of large institutions consider themselves fintechs now as well. Yeah, and as you work with the larger companies that are trying to work with the, the, the startups that you're bringing into Fintech Sandbox or get accepted to Fintech Sandbox, what what have you observed as the the larger companies' learnings or posture as they trying to find ways to license data or partner with startups? Yeah, so I think um, there's been... There's been a real kind of change, almost like evolution, um, in terms of how they look at it. I think in the beginning, um, when we started, it was more like, oh, that's nice. It's nice to see these experiments. Maybe this will be a good um, talent pipeline, you know, in the future. When once these companies fail, there'll be some really interesting talent that we'll want. So let's, you know, let's let's stay in touch uh, due to that. Uh, versus, I think today you're starting to see more uh, large institutions who are seeing the solutions and saying, yeah, I need that solution. And you know what? I'm not going to build it this time. Um, I'm actually looking at more partnering as opposed to just building. Um, and what does it take to do that? But I do think there's still some obstacles when it comes to that because in the beginning, a large institution will treat a startup just like any other vendor um, and third-party vendor. And there's a lot of regulations and a lot of compliance aspects to partnering um, on technology, especially depending upon where it sits you know, in the stack for an institution. And so I think there's been a, a lot and there continues to be a lot of education about what is really required to partner with this startup. You know, do I treat them just like a third party vendor? Well, give me five years financial history. I only have two. So does that mean you just don't partner with them? Um, I think more and more institutions realize if they were to do that, then they'll kind of miss out. So trying to figure out a way to meet in the middle um, between what are the requirements that a startup needs to meet and how they need to think about scaling um, and then what are the ones that maybe don't apply in this case? Yeah, and you're, you're really serving that role or you and your team kind of uh, as what I call like the whispers or educators for a lot of these large companies and helping them to accelerate some of this work. 
Um, so let's talk about you, Jing, a little bit more. So you you mentioned that you worked at some of the large uh, corporations before building a fintech sandbox from scratch. How did you make that transition? Because I know there are lots and lots of people who are fascinated, who are curious, and you know interested in making that transition. But obviously, uh, they are two different worlds, and um, and may require different skills. Yeah, um, so I uh, started my career actually as an engineer, industrial engineer, um, and worked uh, in aircraft engines. So it started really with physically, you know, parts and how things were made and, uh, um, and, and that sort of thing. So I spent about six years working for GE and uh, various locations. And, um, you know, that was a fantastic opportunity, you know, being at a large, you know, institution and understanding different parts of the business. And to be fair, I just, you know, worked in different parts of manufacturing. I didn't even work in different parts of, you know, the business side uh, within GE at that point in time. But it gave me a really good opportunity of seeing um, how to approach, you know, different component manufacturing, assembly of engines. Um, I got to work overseas in Cardiff, Wales at an overhaul facility for engines, too. So seeing them, you know, kind of after they've been deployed and, and coming back. That's and really I do think, cool. Yeah, I do think that gives you a kind of a good framework of like actually thinking about life product, life cycle of products um, and, and how things kind of move through. Um, and then, and then to be fair, what happened is I was in Cardiff and, um, GE was taking a look at expats and trying to get rid of expats. So I, uh, um, I kind of ended up back at GE, a, a component of GE Capital called, um, GE Financial Assurance at the time, uh, which was an insurance company. And so I was in Lynchburg, Virginia at an insurance company that GE had acquired, kind of helping them kind of make that transition from an independent insurance company to um, one under the umbrella of GE, so from a product perspective. And um, also I started working in annuities, which was really interesting because I think a lot of people were like, well, you seem great, but you know absolutely nothing about insurance. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it actually worked to my advantage because I was able to kind of take the problem-solving skills from engineering and kind of apply it to say, well, how do we quantify you know, the voice of the customer? How do we actually take that and then use that information to uh, feed into our products um, and to improve our products and to improve our services? And so um, I spent a few years there doing that. And then uh, Fidelity Investments was actually one of our largest clients. And so I ended up working with them to kind of um, develop a private label uh, fixed annuity product that was on uh, Fidelity Paper but underwritten by uh, GE which was really exciting to take it through the whole you know, process there. And I think what you realize, too, is once you get into insurance or financial services, you know, how you build a product moving from manufacturing to, like, well, it's really a contract, right, at the end of the day. So how do you go um, to establish uh, the underlying contract working with legal and, and uh, on underwriting teams and otherwise and then um, you know, bring that to what does that mean for service for a customer? What is a customer actually you know, buying or, or looking for? That's that's really interesting. I, I I would say like as you said, I mean, um, moving from engineering to insurance and actually building a financial products in some ways is similar. You need to move something to production to manage it, um, you need to understand your customer. How do you impart those experiences then um, to fintech sandbox when you were building it and now mentoring? Uh, for startups? 
Yeah, I think one of the things that's kind of nice and more freeing in the fintech sandbox versus like at large corporations is you can you can try a little bit, right? And you can make a mistake because you don't have a huge customer base in front of you. Um, and I and I think that's one of the things that I I try to encourage you know my team to do as well as um, the startups is to say, okay, well, if we think this might be something of interest to startups, let's let's try it, let's trial it, let's let's um, test which is, I think, something um, that I actually learned to do both in engineering and otherwise is how do you do like hypothesis testing, right? Right. I, I think we're in a world now today where we're, we should be doing that all the time. And so how do you, you, you take different scenarios to test whether it works or not? And that's one thing the sandbox can do is, you know, one of the, the um, use cases I put forward to a lot of startups is to say, well, do you have data today? Well, we have this, you know, one, but we're not sure what we want to do long term time, you know, long term. And I always like, you can this is a great opportunity to do a bake-off, right? When else are you going to have access to this many different data sets where you can say, which one you know, should I look at for my product? And it might be more that, yeah, I'm going to work with one product for the first couple of years, but I want to transition eventually to another product. Why not establish those relationships now um, on that side to really understand how that company works and also get a look at the data itself to see if it is something you want to transition to while you have the opportunity. So um, really having that opportunity to experiment, um, I think is one of the, the biggest things that, um, and taking advantage of that, um, that I think startups can do. Yeah. And uh, what excites you these days in FinTech? Now, you know, given your work that you, you see all, all kinds of fintech companies. Yeah, I guess, um, so I think seeing that, uh, that we're now seeing the scale uh, for fintechs, right? So whether it's from an investment perspective of the, you know, last year, I think was a, a breakthrough year from an investment side for fintechs and for later stage fintechs, right? So now we're seeing them IPO, we're seeing them, you know, be as big as some of the other folks. And I think that gives real validation, um, you know, to the field that it is, you know, there are those opportunities. It's not like everyone's going to like just be buried by the existing behemoths. Um, and then also like the partnerships that are actually happening. Um, I, I think more and more, you know, large institutions are looking to do that, which is kind of exciting. Um, I also think I'm, I'm also excited that I, I don't hear startups start with, Oh, I have, I, you know, our, our solution is AI. <laughs> like, okay, that's great. But instead, I see the maturity, you know, kind of of the industry and the startups talking about, well, actually, what I'm doing is I'm solving compliance monitoring uh, by developing algorithms, you know, that can be used to do this. So right. um, the, seeing that maturity makes me excited. So it's no longer about, you know, oh, well, I'll say AI and I'll figure out the use case later. Um, but really understanding that in order to gain traction in the industry, you need to have chosen your use case, tested your use case, um, and then move forward from there. Yeah, that's, um, that's really good. Um, reflecting back on your career, which is really interesting in yourself, um, how, how did you make those decisions and say, hey, I'm going to do this and go build something? Because um, a lot of people, I think, are you know want want to go into the startup land or do something different, and they're trying to look for like a signal, um, mm-hmm. or they you know they ask folks, hey, how did you get into this or how did you get to in, into that? And uh, what what I always found is you know sometimes it's not really planned or it just <laughs> came up or uh, people have a very interesting way of 
um, as you know, we call it here, making that path. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's not well planned or it's a little bit accidental, but it's fun and, and so forth. So what, what are some like the left, uh, the, the lessons you learned about yourself as you were doing all these different interesting things that, um, you know, it, it's not obvious to people talking to you today where, you know, you're running FinTech Sandbox, but you had this amazing background in industrial engineering, launching insurance products, working with large companies, helping them to innovate and bring that quantifiable customer voice to their customers. Yeah, so, well, thank you. But um, I think, uh, um, you know, in terms of how how to make that transition and and figuring out the signals, I mean, yeah, it isn't always clear. I did have, in my head, I did have one thing when I was leaving GE is I always wanted to go to smaller companies. So I was like, well, I'm at a company of 200,000. I can go smaller. So I go to Fidelity, which was like, at the time, like 60,000, right? right? And you're like, oh, it's so much smaller. Um, but in some ways, not not really right in terms of what you're saying. Um, and so to be fair, then um, when I left Fidelity, I took some time off because I was trying to figure out, did I want to go back to my engineering roots? Um, what did I want to do? And I ended up going into clean tech to um, a, a company in the demand response area that eventually got bought by an Italian energy company. But, you know, that was more like a couple hundred people. And I think that was a, a big difference to really understand, you know, what um, a startup culture can be. And, um, and the, you know, they were doing different acquisitions and that sort of thing. So then I got to work with some of the companies they were acquiring and integrating and really understand co- kind of more what smaller uh, company cultures can be like. Um, and actually, at the time I took that job, Sarah Biller, who's one of the co-founders of the FinTech Sandbox, had her startup and she... Uh, had come to me saying, hey, I'd like to see if you want to help me with my startup. And I had just accepted the job at Enternock. So I was like, oh, I missed the opportunity, you know, <laughs> to be at like a real startup. And um, and then, you know, things at Enternock didn't work out for a couple different reasons. I think it's also understanding as you get older, you know, your maturity of what's important in a work environment, you kind of figure out. Um, and so I actually was working with a friend who has a computer forensics company that was five people. So I'm like, all right, I've gotten there. I've gotten to the smallest a company right. can be. And um, and that's when Sarah Biller came back to me and said, hey, we're trying to get you know this idea of the FinTech Sandbox off the ground. Um, would you be interested in, in helping us do that? And um, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So I think it being able to be in a situation where I wasn't afraid to take that step off the ledge mm-hmm. uh, because I had, you know, done a couple different things, some, you know, intentional and then some more of like, okay, let's, let's, let's move towards this really made a difference because it is taking a step off the ledge as a startup. Right. I, I run into a lot of folks at corporate who think about, you know, going to a startup and, um, you, you know, you got to be ready for not having benefits. Like, I mean, when I started, it was just me. Right. So you can't, you know, it's really hard to get benefits for a company of one. Right. So you just gotta, you know, you gotta be like, all right, well, but let's, let's see what we can build and, and, yeah. uh, and kind of treasure that. So I think, uh, I think really, you know, the signals are more, you know, internal to you and, and what's important and when the timing is right. And you might not, you might not get it the first time. You might miss it the first time is the way I kind of look at it. Yeah. But in some ways that helped me more because I worked for a small company and I got to see how kind of crazy it is and how you have to do a lot of different things. Um, and I, I really credit that orientation to my poor friend's, you know, computer forensics company, um, where I got to do some of that trialing of that before, you know, then what I was trying to build at the FinTech Sandbox. So, 
Great. Um, Jean, thank you for sharing that. And um, we look forward to seeing more success from you and Fintech Sandbox, which is making really uh, tremendous impacts in startups and large companies. Yeah. And thanks for coming here and talking with us. Oh, thank you so much, Joyce. This was fantastic.